Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Join me, as always, are my co-host, Joseph. Hello. And Jay Hugh. Oh, way too far well, away. Yeah, that caca was way in the distance. Good, good, good. That was a lot. That was a caca of longing. <laughs> uh, longing, an appropriate segue, because we're finishing up WandaVision, which the whole show was about longing and grief and missing someone. Um, we we did not cover the final three episodes, if I remember correctly. That's correct. Yeah. Do we do them in order? Or are we just going to lump them up together? What I was going to say initial impressions and then maybe each of the three phases. So are we saying the whole show or opinion of the whole show? Or yeah, just... opinion of the whole show. Now that you've, you've especially the last three episodes, but whole show through the lens of the last three episodes. Cool. Uh, I really like the show. I thought it was very, very good. Um, there's been some controversy. Uh, on the internet about it not tying up things well, but I think that's okay. I think the show is supposed to be about grief and pain and loss, and sometimes there's not always a happy ending with that, and there's not really a happy ending with this. I didn't love the last couple of episodes, though I thought there were some great lines of dialogue, which is, I kind of felt at the end of it, oh, they wrote like three great lines for Vision at the very (laughs) beginning of this. (laughs) <laughs> and then wrote an entire show to get to those three lines of dialogue. Right. But yeah, no, I mean, I thought it was really, really good. I enjoyed it. I, sh- I should take this moment w- right up top before people stop listening to us uh, to apologize to Paul Bettany, because you know what? He was not he was not even like the bottom five people in this show. Uh, <laughs> he held it together the whole time. He had good comedic timing, particularly in the office style episode. You, you know what? Sorry, Paul Bettany. You've uh, you've you've earned my respect, even though you didn't have to. His gym you know looked at camera is pretty good. You know what's great about that? I was I was supposed to inform you in this episode that if you talk too much shit about Paul Bettany, Sarah was going to slap. <laughs> but, uh, but but apparently you've had a turnaround. I'm I'm, will, given, I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong. And giving him the compliment of not in the bottom five, which is about as good as it gets from you. <laughs> Yeah, I, I had a similar feelings to you, Christian. I feel like, you know, there are kind of phases to this show about, you know, in and out of reality. I've, I'm kind of irritated that it just kind of gave up on its central premise, even when it wasn't, I don't know, I, I guess you could say it wasn't narratively necessary anymore or narratively appropriate anymore, but I don't know. I, I, I wanted more, more like mixed media bullshit instead of just another Marvel movie in the last episode. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt because, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, well, as long as the barrier's still up, the shit should still be airing, right? Like, what does it look like to people outside of the barrier? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, th- I think it's generally pretty good. I was all just generally disappointed with specifically the ending, how they decided to resolve the conflicts and the villains and, and we have all that kind of stuff, which we'll get into more of. I didn't really mind all the shit, you know, like I, I think people on the internet are mad about kind of, the things that they thought were going to happen that didn't happen. And I don't really mind the fact that they really played with us so much with like all the red herrings about, you know, kind of playing with the expectations and, and the speculation culture that we are very much a part of this podcast. I mean, I, I don't, I don't have an issue with that. I just don't necessarily feel like it, even ignoring all that, it, uh, it really stuck the landing based on how good it had been up to that point. Um, yeah, overall, I thought the show was great. I liked it a lot. Definitely better than Transformers. And that is saying a lot since, and we'll talk to it in the third phase, but it breaks one of my 
biggest rules of fiction in general and mysteries in specific. And I'm still giving it a pass because overall, I like the overall show and I like everybody's performances a lot. And I, yeah, as far as giving up on the TV show at the end, that I think that's kind of a bummer. I think there should have been some way that the TV show gimmick played into the ending. That should have been somehow how the resolution was reached. I can't think of that. But then I'm not a writer. Yep. Even if it was just like how Wu was staying up to date on what was happening inside of the hex, you know, like I, I think there were ways that you could have at least referenced that it was still going on. Um, I don't know. It, it just felt like a missed opportunity there. Agreed. 100% agreed. Well, do we want to get to uh, some of the, the last couple episodes there specifically? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. Episode seven. I've already forgotten the names of, of these episodes, uh, but it's the Audie's uh, Modern Family Office. I guess what you call, I guess, the modern sitcom formatty type one where uh, Vision is kind of out of the picture and Wanda is keeping him out of the picture. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of uh, talking to the camera and, uh, and mockumentary interviews. Uh, and it ends with one of the great unexpected bops of this show. <laughs> <laughs> Agatha all along. Uh-huh. I uh, I didn't really love this episode. It's probably one of my least favorites, but I think Elizabeth Olsen is fantastic in this episode. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, I, I was predisposed to be against this one because I'm very much a Arrested Development Rules, Modern Family Drools type person. But... Uh, you know, I, I think they did do good stuff with the confessional type scenes, so I, I'll let that pass. Overall, I think it was good, but it was probably my least favorite of the sitcom episodes. Yeah, me too. I mean, to be fair, they become less and less sitcom as they go. In. But I also like that as like, this is a sitcom where something's gone horribly wrong. Like, it's it's got all the, the right beats, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. But but the content, the tone and the words that they're saying just don't f- fit like the visual format in any way, uh, you mm-hmm. know, because she's like having a mental breakdown. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. I just like her her mental breakdown, like when she's like telling the boys, she's like, I don't have any of the answers at all. None of them. It just sits down. And I think she really kills it. I I you talk about Paul Bettany being good. I don't think he's bad in this episode. I just think they didn't know what to do with vision in this episode, like sidelining him for that little mini mission with, I mean, it's not even a mission, but like teaming him up with cat Dennings Mm -hmm. and Darcy. Like I just, I don't know. It felt clunky to me. I guess this episode, probably the clunkiest of all of them. Uh, I would I would give that to the last one, but we'll we'll get to that. Um, that's that's all I really have for this one. Yeah, well, Agatha, I mean, Agatha all along is a bop. Though. I was about to say that you know the big reveal at the end of this episode is that it was Agatha all along uh, that she is is another witch that has has infiltrated into Westview. Wanda, yeah, Wanda's <laughs> creation of of Westview and has been pulling a lot of these creepy strings from behind the scenes. Yeah, this is this is the part that really. Like, this is the big rule they broke for me because I have a very strong feeling that a good mystery has to give you all the tools to solve the mystery and then still fool you. And this is the complete opposite of that. No one didn't guess this before the first episode aired that that chick was going to be Agatha Harkness. But there was no clues to that in the show whatsoever. And that's all... Like you could, if you didn't read other material or watch 
YouTube videos about that material. There was no way for you to solve this mystery. You couldn't have figured out that she was Agatha Harkness because that character had never been mentioned. You couldn't have figured out that she was a witch because we really hadn't talked about witches. It was just from out of nowhere with no in-show context. So that part really pissed me off. But, you know, still overall. Sure. Yeah. We definitely we we posited it on this podcast and I think everyone on the Internet did. And it's almost like, I don't know, they just knew that that we were going to figure it out. And I kind of feel like maybe that was the point of the red herrings. Like, yeah, 100 yeah, percent. I think it is, you know, try to throw us off. But in reality, it was right in front of us, except that, like you said, they weren't really given clues, but. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think I think to your point, her. I don't think they were necessarily making a big deal about her identity specifically, but just you know, they were giving you clues that she was uh, more, you know, she had more power and more control in this situation than was being let on, uh, which did you know prove to be true. But then they also try to throw you off the scent with all the other bullshit that's going on. Uh, but I don't, I don't, I can't think of, I can't imagine anyone watched the show and wasn't suspicious of Catherine Hahn's character. Her from, witch cackle is so good. It is good. Yeah. Ready to move uh, on to the next one? Yeah, the next one is it, it's called previously, previously on. on which ah, is, damn it! Uh, what? I also said previously on. Yeah. I had it. It's it's very it's you know a very apt title both for yeah. you know playing for the sitcom tropes and also what the episode is, which is you know kind of going through Wanda's life. Uh, we find out that Agatha just wants to, I guess, steal all of her power because she seems like such a powerful witch and is trying to figure out where all of her power came from. And so we get to see Wanda's whole life from growing up in uh, in fucking, what's that Sokovia. country? Sokovia. Sokovia. Uh, and watching American sitcoms uh, to, you know, the destruction of Sokovia with the, the Stark Industries bomb uh, and, and the emergence of her witch powers, the her interaction with the Mind Stone, I can't remember. Does anything happen at the end of this episode? Is the whole thing just a flashback? It it simply ends with her calling her the Scarlet Witch. That's like mm. the I think the big cliffhanger. Oh, and Which, Vision. We find out about White Vision. Yeah. Which m- most people, by the way, didn't even know that she wasn't called Scarlet Witch before that right. in show. So I think that was also kind of a weak reveal in that you know I I know Sarah was like we didn't already call her that and I was like. I was like, I mean, that's her name, but they've never actually called her that in the shows. He's like, but there's fucking toys with that name on. Yeah, that's a good point. It's also funny on that note, you know, they don't really expound on what Scarlet Witch means in that episode. And they, you know, they they kind of give it context in the final episode, but still not very much about like what the Scarlet Witch is or why it matters. And to your point about like creating a good mystery and having a resolution, I feel like there absolutely should have been way more seeds planted about this idea that there is a, a prophesied powerful chaos magic entity that is, is foretold in, in some book in hell. I'm uh, not necessarily all those specific details, but just like that there would be pieces of that information like left in so that when you get to the Scarlet Witch reveals like, Oh shit, that's cool. I mean, you'd probably figure it out because the show's not very subtle, but I'd I'd at least appreciate that there would be something, I don't know, to make the you're the Scarlet Witch reveal mean something. Right. I I almost think the way they should have handled it was Catherine Hahn should have revealed that she was the Scarlet Witch and then Wanda becomes the Scarlet Witch by defeating her or something. Mm. At least that's something that could have been like, 
uh, like, oh shit, I didn't see that coming because, you know, we all already knew she's the fucking Scarlet Witch. That's yeah. the character's name. I think one issue that this show has is that it has, and, and it's not wrong about this, but there's too much expectation that you're going to keep watching this character. Because, like, I think the Scarlet Witch thing is it just complete setup for whatever the plot of Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness is. Right. Like, yeah, yes, it's a reward, I guess, for fans or like wanted her to be called that in the movies. But I also think that you cram that all in the last episode, last five minutes of the second to last episode. And obviously the cliffhanger kind of leads into this that I just I it, I don't know. It kind of, it also made me kind of think Doctor Strange is an idiot. Like he's interacted with this woman and not known that this was her abilities like I <laughs> right. I didn't love this episode either. I don't like the exposition episodes. I don't like all, oh, here's everything you missed. But two things I did enjoy, of course, the what is grief but love persevering line. That's a, that's a really, really well-written line. But number two, it made me think, is Joss Whedon, is the Avengers really that good? Like, does he is he actually good at making these things? Because his whole stick right like we talked i said this a couple weeks ago he told elizabeth olsen she'll never wear the helmet it'll never be in live action and this whole show gave her that right uh, but then the other thing was like i started thinking about how okay here are people who have a better understanding of wanda than he does he didn't really get it and not that that's a problem but they kind of rebuttal it a little bit in this show but that's kind of what the russo brothers did with captain america too like Joss Whedon wrote Captain America to be an idiot. Yep. Cap's not stupid. He's simple. And simple is not stupid. Simple is just there's right, there's wrong, there's good, there's bad. It's just right. he's naive. It, it's, yes. It's ironic to me that for somebody who I think was, you know, and, and still I think would be, you know, canonically in the order of television, uh, uh, considered to be like a pioneer of television, has what we're talking about, his, his kind of big budget, movies and, and I, I still really like the avengers uh, and i understand avengers Age of ultron has has its problems and is not that bad but it's amazing to me for a guy who you know is kind of a pioneer and is so like uh, known as being like you know uh, uh, or at least was at some point known as kind of like a nerd hero really is desperate to underestimate his audience. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, I remember totally. I remember being so mad about the line in uh, Age of Ultron where they're trying to describe the powers of Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch and fucking what's her face from How I Met Your Mother just has one offline like he's fast and she's weird. I was like bitch, like we've watched I don't know at least 6 of these movies now. Like we fucking right. get it. You don't have to water it down for us. <laughs> and also she's speaking to Cap uh, uh, you know, at that point, who's already dealt with in three Infinity Gems at this point. Yeah. He can handle some high concepts. Yeah. So, like, uh, you know, uh, 100% with you, with you, Christian. I uh, I think it's more jarring the farther away we get from it. How, even though, you know, it, it was the, the jumping off point for all this shit, the original Avengers movie, uh, how many missed opportunities, I think, were left on the table. I, I'll say this also about it. Uh, you know, I, I rewatched the first third of the Marvel movies, uh, you know, like fairly recently. And, uh, you know, I still love the experience of watching that movie in the theaters. I still think it's a good movie, still better than Transformers. But it's the most cringy of all the Marvel movies. There's so many lines that are just like, did an adult write that? <laughs> you know, that's really bad. But, uh, you know, still fun to watch. 
Yeah. I feel bad almost because I've championed that movie so much. Mm-hmm. But this this show and how it handles Wanda and even, you know, getting her to the concept of Scarlet Witch and tying that to her costume and all that. I don't know. It really just brought to my attention that I'm not sure that guy gets it, or at least he doesn't get <laughs> the audience who is watching it, right. which Joseph, I think is more to your point, which I mean, it's not a problem anymore because I don't think he's even making any movies for a while. <laughs> uh, so you wanted to go to get into the last episode. Sounds good. Uh, this is the big climax one. We get all, all of the fights, which on which fight robot on robot fight, random tertiary character on tertiary fights. Right. Uh, you know, and, and, and the ship of Theseus and the ship of Theseus. Uh, before we get into this, I, I want to ask one thing, because there's something I was super unclear on and I meant to go back and rewatch this stuff. So she did not steal Vision's body, even though it had shown in earlier episodes, she stole Vision's body. Right. That's correct. Yes. OK. OK. So because that was confusing as hell. Yeah, and, you know, we get we get the white vision built from vision stray parts. And that's, you know, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. OK, got it. I, I like that. He has like a makeup snarl. Do you guys notice that? Yeah. What yeah. is up with that? Why does that vision talk differently? <laughs> so, it was, so you can see that he's evil, but I don't know. It, it cracked me up. Also, why is Hayward arrested? I haven't quite figured out what he did that was illegal. <laughs> because it seems like if there was a interdimensional thing going on happening to a couple of thousand of US citizens that seems like something sword should be monitoring right and it seems like something they should have taken some like like stiff means to resolve correct yeah. uh is he arrested simply because he rebuilt vision like i don't really understand what he does i mean i'm not saying he's a good guy i just maybe, want to know maybe, what law maybe he, he shot at imaginary kids i don't know yeah i mean he seems like a real asshole but he seems like he did exactly what he was employed to do correct i this i was thought uh, at the beginning hurt this was going to be the trope that really irritated you because one of the things that irritated me about this episode is when you have your favorite trope of a team fights the the uh like anti version of that team you right. don't you don't win by pitting the like people against the like people yeah, I thought that too. Like, you know, obviously Wanda would have absolutely no problem just deconstructing White Vision at will if she wanted to. And I feel like Agatha's like primary power, she's substantially less powerful than Scarlet Witch on like the magic bit, but her whole thing is she can absorb magic, uh, which is great. But how does she do with punches? <laughs> right. uh, you know, I'm okay with that because what it gave us was the best Superman fight in any movie for like three decades. Like Vision versus Vision was a great Superman fight and has the resolution that a Superman slugfest should that at the end of it, he still wins with his brain. And and they also don't forget the fact that he can face through shit, which they often do when it's convenient to the plot. That's that's true. That's true. I just felt too Marvel movie movie in my opinion. Yeah, um, that's the only reason I was disappointed about it. Really, like um, I really enjoyed Jay here to your original question about it being in thirds. I really, really loved the sitcom, like the straight yeah. sitcom bit of the first couple of episodes. And I know I'm in the minority there, but I 
those first three episodes are great in my opinion um and i was i i like i really did like the balance ones too but these last couple were just it was just it was a 50 minute marvel movie i guess if you'd even do the one before it, it's it's an hour and a half marvel right. movie right um and that it I liked when it was different. So when it was kind of samey, it felt disappointing. Though I really enjoyed the vision fight. I thought that was kind of cheesy but fun. Is there uh, is there anything else we want to talk about about the episodes themselves before we get um, like the only thing I wanted to mention, and I, I don't know if, if you guys even caught this, but Zack Snyder's got to be pissed that someone else stole an image from The Dark Knight Returns. The scene where her where Wanda and Agatha are fighting in the sky and she's like decomposed on the sort of purplish oh, yeah. background look mm-hmm. just like you know the Superman image during the nuclear mm-hmm. war in Dark Knight Returns. So uh Zack Snyder, I'm sure, is pissed. I am you know, you brought up another thing that I am slightly irritated about that episode is you know, I get we didn't have a lot of time after we established that Agatha was the villain, but we really only established one rule of magic. Uh, right. And then that was the only rule of magic that was used as as the uh, uh, the prestige in the fight mm. with the other witch, mm-hmm. which I was like, okay. See, and I see. I mean, again, I'm not a writer, so I don't know how they could have done this. But she should have defeated her with a rule of a sitcom. Mm. See, that would have been fun. Yeah, that would have been you good. Um, also, she you can know, alter reality, so why not? Right. You know. Also. Uh, one other thing, and this is sort of the same part I, point I had earlier, but I still feel like it's different enough to mention. Uh, it drives me nuts that Pietro was just nothing. Yeah, well, okay. Well, let's get into that. So I have I have a list of, of uh, I have Easter eggs, red herrings, and unresolved threads. I just want to point on record, I fucking loved it. <laughs> well, let's let's get into the red herrings. Let's talk about... Pietro, who was revealed to be Ralph Boner. Uh, which is a great name. Because Boners are hilarious. Uh, which presumptively means that he was the Ralph that Agnes had been talking about the whole time as her, you know, adult husband. Right. Sitcom yeah. husband. Uh, but yeah, I think for a lot of people, they were expecting some kind of acknowledgement of this multiverse thing, and it didn't happen. Well, Okay, here's the reason why it annoys me. It doesn't actually annoy me that he was just nobody. It's just, it's almost like they tried to have their cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with that last one, they were sort of like, okay, well, we're going to do a mystery here, but we're not going to really present you with the facts in that. We're just going to know that you're going to already be researching this shit and theorizing. And, you know, we don't have to do that work because you'll have already done it before I get there. But on this one, they specifically used something from other source material to misdirect. Right. And then the ending was like, ha, you're stupid for thinking that was going to lead to something. And the irony of that to me is I definitely think that, you know, part of this show and the end of this show is is going to imply kind of this multiverse concept. Right. Uh, and so to leave it as like an intentional, like, fuck you punchline instead of just like open-ended where like you've, you've laid the groundwork for possibility, but you're not actually acknowledging anything. Uh, I think is also just dumb and wasteful. Well, and, and if it is, if he, you know, is not tied to the previous character he had played, which is the same character, all that bullshit. Uh, that means this was just a joke about recasts, which they don't really have a high ground to stand on. They have 
recast multiple important characters in these movies. Yeah. So hear me out. Let me pitch why I think it's good. (laughs) So I didn't say this earlier because I was waiting for this to this moment to come up. What if the last episode is a sitcom, but it's the 2010 sitcom, which is Marvel movies? What if episode nine is a reflection on Marvel movies as a whole? That's why it's structured as one. That's why there's a lot of similar beats. This one being from Iron Man 3 with Trevor. There's a lot of like odes to things that have come prior. Vision versus visions like Cap versus Cap in Avengers Endgame. Um, We don't have like serial sitcoms anymore. So what do families watch together? Families watch Marvel movies together. So I think that this episode, while I didn't enjoy it, is a sitcom in that it's this long-standing chain of Marvel movies wrapped up into one movie. There's references to Doctor Strange. There's references to other things, MCU things that we've seen, like the Darkhold, which is in Runaways and in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's also referencing, you know, kind of the X-Men movies that have come before by that character. But to me, I think it's intentionally a callback to the Trevor moment in Iron Man 3 as is the rest of the whole, this whole episode has callbacks to other MCU moments because it's saying that the MCU is the modern sitcom. Well, I I want to, uh, I want to start by saying, I think what you just said has a lot of good points. uh, And I think there is merit to those arguments, but I also want to acknowledge that this is the most desperate reddit forum thread you've ever proposed on this on this fucking podcast uh i'm okay with that a lot of, <laughs> a lot of people made and lost a lot of money on reddit recently so obviously some important shit happens there uh-huh. <laughs> to me i don't think i don't think the creators of this are that smart i could be wrong we i could be proven wrong in time but like like many great fictional properties we as the fans and by we i mean you have ascribed i think a greater meaning that uh imbues a more satisfying picture than what actually happened I, I I, in my think, defense there's a lot of shit that leans to it i, I think, don't in i don't episode. i know you know you make i i think you make a compelling point i think a lot of it is is coincidental just because that's how you make a marvel movie but i love it because i i i like how it changes the perspective of that episode yeah, it's still not a great episode comparatively. But. I, I, I'm pretty on board with your theory, though. I think mostly because you just segued it off mine, so I feel like I'm part of it. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of your other red herring Easter egg shit you have to talk about there? Uh, no Nightmare. No uh, Nightmare. Yeah. No, no Mephisto. Which nope. I will say that was one of the things I think was really disappointing is that when we got Agatha all along, that it actually was Agatha all along. Yeah. But on, on that note... The delivery guy drove me crazy because his, his his thing said Presto very prominently everywhere, which is so close to Fisto uh, <laughs> right. that I was like, I was sure, you know, like everybody on the fucking Internet. Yeah, the fake fake Pietro. And uh, yeah, Dottie was also just a red herring. She was not the key to everything in, in Westview, it turns out. Isn't Dottie the name of another witch character? If it is, I can't think of it. As far as the Easter eggs, I mean, a lot of them aren't like, I don't know a lot of the deep comic stuff. A lot of them are, as far as Easter eggs, are kind of references to other Marvel movies and things that we've seen. You know, there's like a lot of Age of Ultron uh, and previous Marvel stuff in like the previously on episode. 
Uh, right. There's there's that fun Wizard of Oz reference in in the final fight against uh, Agatha with the right. boots. That I, was good. Yeah, I one thing I don't know a lot about, which you know they've they've definitely I don't know hinged a lot of stuff on is the Darkhold. I was hoping that Hurt might provide a little context to what the Darkhold is. Actually, you know what? I don't really know a lot about the Darkhold. Shit! Either. This is what yeah. we need, Ian. I'm hoping that he would also know because he probably <laughs> read this shit. The Darkhold is a book written by. Cthon, I think is how you say it. C-H-T-H-O-N um, has a bunch of evil shit in it. it has ties to like Blade and was it Werewolf by Night and a bunch of other of that fucking weird shit. Um, also, there was a book missing in Doctor Strange in the Ancient Ones Library. And a mm. lot of people think it was this is this is the book that was missing. The Dark Hole. And then as far as unresolved threads that we have still hanging out there. What what happens to White Vision now that he's been freed? Yeah, I, I don't know. That that's probably the biggest dangler of all is what what uh what goes down with him. He you know allegedly has the memories of the original Vision, but no real connection to them. So uh, I mean, I can't see you know him and Wanda not interacting at some point and it not being kind of heartbreaking. Yeah, I uh, I was kind of surprised they left that one so open ended. If he is the real vision or whatever the fuck he says at the end of that, why right. would he not go to Wanda? I mean, excellent point. Do we think he's well, going to be a oh, good? Well, I mean, in, in comics, when they do the white vision, the, the vision has all of vision's original uh, memories. He just doesn't have any emotions to connect to. Them. So, you know, uh, that, you know, that it ends up in their split and then, you know, her going nuts for like the second or third time. <laughs> Other dangling threads. We still don't know anything about the aerospace engineer. That could be a, a red herring also, if you wanted to categorize it as that, but it's still out there. Right. Jimmy Woo's witness. The whole fucking uh, uh, basis of the whole finding Westview. Who was yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. Right, right, a lot right. of people think it could be old Ralph Boner, but uh, <laughs> again, I think they're both red herrings. I think they were oh, just you know what? for us to go with. Look, Ralph Boner is a pretty good option because then you still can go back and fix it so that it is a multiverse thing. Yeah, uh, there is later. the rumor. There is there is a big internet theory talking about fucking Reddit theories that <laughs> he he actually is from the X Men universe and really is fucking Quicksilver, but he's in the witness protection program, I, so I, no I, one knows what he is. Okay. I can get I can get more and more of that, and the the boner thing is actually funnier if it's a chosen name as opposed to let's just laugh at this guy's silly name. Well, and I mean it also could be something like you know if we're going to introduce a multiverse, the multiverse has to either be a threat or be have a threat put to it. So I mean we could conceivably introduce the concept that that uh, that X Men universe has been destroyed. He's the last survivor, and he doesn't know who he is. Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought you said you weren't a writer, Hurt. Right, right. We got we got Monica seemingly being recruited for Sword. Uh, well, she was a part of Sword. They kind of kicked her out. Well, whatever. She got recruited by the yeah, whatever uh, Fury's doing these days. The scrolls, it looks like. Yeah, we assumed it was Sword, but it turns out I guess it's probably something else. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm I, I'm assuming she'll be a a a big player in Secret Invasion. Uh. That's you what know. I felt too. I couldn't tell yeah. if that was leading into Captain Marvel two or Secret Invasion. We know she's getting Secret in Captain Marvel two, but I I feel like that was more so a Secret Invasion thing, personally. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, the last thing that I, I think is is 
probably, you know, something they will be exploring in later things is what happens to the kids? I, I think controversially to a lot of people, uh, Wanda is not with her children when she dissolves her universe, her, you know, invented universe. Uh, and then, so we don't actually see them get deconstructed the way that we see vision get deconstructed. I wouldn't want to. I mean, we wouldn't want to, but yeah, yeah. It, it's the whole mom thing. doesn't matter. And then, uh, you know, later when, when we get the second post credit scene of episode nine of her astral, whatever, studying the, uh, the dark hold, we seemingly hear a, a voice that might say like, mom, help or help mom, something along those lines. Right. So is it, you know, the, 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 I guess, you know, again, exploring this multiverse thing that we're definitely getting into in very near movies. Are these kids still in existence somewhere or are they in like a different timeline? What's going on here? Well, First of all, the main thing I want to know from that scene is, is that the same cabin that Edward Norton Hulk goes to right? to become Mark <laughs> It fucking Hulk. looks like it, right? Yeah. Goes back to my theory that the last episode is an ode to previous Marvel episode, <laughs> movies. So thank you. No problem. I'm glad we didn't watch the kids disappear. I'm not sure why that's a complaint. Mm. <laughs> I don't think people... <clears throat> I don't think people necessarily wanted to watch the kids get dissolved. I just think some people thought it was kind of fucked up that, you know, after all this fight for, for her kids that she was okay with, like, I can't watch. So I'm just going to let them, let them get erased from existence uh, somewhere else. Yeah. Maybe I, mean, I, I don't feel that, but cool. I, I mean, I don't know whether she knows it or not, but I definitely think the kids are out there somewhere still. That's, how it played out in comics and that, that she thought that the kids were never real and they had been dissolved. And then it turns out they had somehow aged to be teenagers and were functioning fine without her. So uh, I don't know if that's exactly how it'll play out with this, but yeah, I, I, it's pretty dark to kill children. I think they'll find a way to bring them back. Agreed. I, I suspect you're probably right. Uh, the dissolving bit was cool. Cause that's what people when in house of M. that's what they looked like when they got. All right yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, I like this show. I thought it's better than Transformers. I am excited that we had new Marvel content. I'm even more excited we get more in two weeks. In, in two weeks, very soon. I do say before we get off, get off this and and put it to bed, I want to get into some fucking deeper issues here. Okay. Uh, shouldn't shouldn't Wanda like super be in prison, or I guess rather shouldn't Wanda super be in super prison? I, it is kind of shitty that she's just like, sorry, and then flies away. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, guys. I got this hoodie on now. I'm going. <laughs> she yeah, did more almost, wrong than Hayward. Yeah. I way more. Like just, way, I way more. Did some magic shit to switch that around. Oh, no, you guys are going to arrest me. You're going to arrest him. Like, because it really it doesn't make any sense for them to arrest him and not her. Well, I mean, like, you know, I, I guess the argument is they couldn't. She left. She kind of right. escaped intentionally. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, you know, she she literally held a whole town hostage for an indeterminate amount of time. Uh, you know, at, we implied at least one of them has a relative that is dependent on them for care that ha they have not been able to care for because they've been playing in a sitcom that they didn't get didn't want to play in. You know, in the last episode, they talk about how uh, they feel her pain and they see her dreams. 
again, entirely without their consent. And also, you know, for a lot of this series, uh, you know, like people in the town aren't a part of the story. And we don't really know like what happened in the, particularly that whole several episodes stretch where there are no children in the town. And so I know like we collectively just looked at a purple man and fucking uh, Jessica Jones when he made those kids go and pee in a closet and said, Hey, that's fucked up. But like, what do you think was happening to the kids in this town? Yeah, it's like, not good. It's not good. Um, I just like, here's my issue with it. It's not even that she didn't get arrested, that she escaped justice, whatever, blah, 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 blah. It's, it's more that at some point in the not too distant future, I feel like they're going to come back and try and make Wanda a hero again, where she's fighting for the good guys. And like, I, you know, I think, I think a strong case can be made. You know, I think most people would agree having watched the show, like, oh yeah, she's like, she's like dealing with grief. Uh, a lot of the power is, is not necessarily within her control. Uh, you know, she didn't uh, until a certain point really want to be kidnapping and torturing these people. Uh, but she did. And the fact that I suspect in no, none of these films are they going to actually make her like answer for the consequences of her actions, intentional or not, uh, is really fucked up. <laughs> well, I-, I can tell you from comics, what you're talking about is core to her character. She's done so many fucked up shits, and then she just comes back and is a hero after. So, I mean, they're at least staying true to the source material. I just I feel like as as a as a uh, uh, franchise for little children's uh, and, right. and to to what what a lot of people consider to be like modern replacements in a secular society for like the moral teachings of of religion, uh, we're we're doling out some fucked up lessons here. Like, oh well, if you're feeling bad and you hurt people, it's okay. Like, it's not your fault. Right. You, don't, you don't have to do anything about it. Yeah, you you. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's it's super fucked up. <laughs> I I really hate that. That really really bothered me. Uh, the other thing that bothered me, and I got into a huge argument with uh, a coworker years ago, whenever fucking uh, Civil War came out about like you know the Sokovia Accords and shit, and you know the, the whole premise of these stories is kind of you know they're fictional characters but they're supposed to be like the moral authority. Uh, So even though they have these great powers, they always make the best decisions or, you know, at least most of the time we are, as the audience are led to want them to be the ones in charge of making their own decisions. That's kind of, I feel very much where like civil war and the rest of the fucking series is leading us. Uh, But in the last episode of WandaVision, two imaginary children take down a heavily armed, I don't know, battalion of, of fucking military agents. Uh, right. Like maybe, maybe this is, maybe we need to change something about this. <laughs> maybe, maybe, this is not maybe really a good a system that's involved. working out great. Right. <laughs> so uh, I just have to ask then, does that make you team Iron Man or team Captain America? I mean, I guess it makes me team Iron Man. In, that's in, what it uh, sounds like. Yeah. hundred like. percent. Uh, yeah. I would definitely still see be his team Captain America's cast Cap's cooler. I mean, Cap is cool. That, but see, that's the fucking problem I'm getting to is that <laughs> like, again, like each one of these things are, we're creating stories. We're creating, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, a legitimate conflict over legitimate ideologies in these movies and then, and, and TV shows. And then 
you know, at the end of the movie, at the end of several of them, were implying which by whoever wins, which one had the actual moral authority. Uh, and I do feel like the the implication of like civil war is that Cap is right. But like, I don't know, you know, like we, we, we get into weird shit here as far as like, I don't know, what are, what are, what lessons are we, we trying to, uh, to pass off when certain people win and certain people lose? I mean, but I mean, I feel like you're digging into stuff here that you could lay on most action movies. Like have, have you ever heard the theory that lethal weapon two through four are dream sequences? Cause those dudes definitely had to go to jail for life <laughs> for the shit they did in lethal weapon one. Yeah, like, yeah. I subscribe to that. I mean, you know, like, you know, the, the thing is with, with this, I mean, I know we're supposed to take it seriously and stuff, particularly if we're going to be three dudes talking about it on a podcast, but in general, you got to let them off the hook at the hook at the end of the movie, so another movie can be made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I agree with you, Jehu. I do think there's one kind of counterpoint to that, which is like in Jurassic Park, the concept of whether you can and should is built into the plot itself. Right. Uh, so you know, in Jurassic Park, it's a clusterfuck because they never stop to ask themselves: just because we can doesn't mean we should. And the same thing is kind of true in almost every Marvel movie since Civil War, as true. there's been this constant theme of just, you know, even in Endgame, it was a big debate of, oh, OK, just because we can go get the stones, does does should we? Uh, right. The ancient one like and Hulk have this debate about the consequences. Um, so I, I, I agree that. It is just a dumb superhero movie. That's what it is. But it itself is asking the question. That's true. I don't feel like WandaVision asked me any questions. Obviously, it did because you just had this, like, you know, <laughs> that's this, true. Like, like this conversation about how it affected your soul. But, but that's, like, what I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't feel like I don't feel like it addressed these things. And I feel like it needs to. Right. Well, I mean, I think it still could be with with Wanda. I mean, we may be playing towards Wanda being, you know, like her arc. I'm not saying at the end of it, she won't end up being back to a hero, but we may not have seen the end of her being a sort of more darker villainous character. Yeah, I actually think that's exactly where we're going. I do too. We We shall see. In Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, I, I, I think Doctor Strange... I don't even know the order of release, so it's hard to say because I feel like Doctor Strange 2 would be more so him not going against Wanda, but trying to help Wanda. And right. God, I, I hate to say Spider-Man 3 is just more consequences of her actions because there's been a lot of fucking consequences to Wanda's actions. <laughs> right. um, but it kind of feels like that may be where we're going is that there's this whole other set of things like, OK, you you were sad, but you did some bad shit and now we have to make it right. But God, that isn't that like that's the whole the plot point that drives civil war is you were trying to do something good, but shit went bad. And right. Right. Anyway, that's WandaVision, guys. Let us know what you thought. Let us know if you think that Wanda should go to super prison. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also actually one more thought on this. Do you think that they left Agatha alive because they're going to use her in further, uh, uh, you know, like WandaVision stuff? Or if they left her alive because they're going to do a Thunderbolts movie? Because I definitely think it's the second. 
God, she would be so great on the Thunderbolts. Because, I mean, really one of the problems they have with doing Thunderbolts is that they've killed off most of their villains. But so now they've started to think, well, how can we leave this one alive so we can maybe do that? I think I think we're going towards that. That's a fun fun idea i hope uh, yeah, so i definitely I, think she's coming back though I, I both i both like the general concept and the prospect of more katherine hahn and shit <laughs> yep agreed excellent well cool wandavision guys done i knew it was gonna take a while uh you well, made it take a while i did i had a lot of things <laughs> i wanted you to say yeah, it is. You're not wrong. <laughs> That's how you should introduce that concept from now on. This is going to take a long time because I have a lot to say about it. <laughs> anyway, what have we been watching this past week, guys? Uh, so the thing that I want to talk about, I can't yet. I really want to wait till I'm done with it before I talk about it, which will be this week. So next week, good shit. Maybe, probably not. Um, the only thing I want to talk about, which is kind of a news thing that we didn't talk about last week, was we briefly talked about the Avatar Studios and Paramount Plus and all the shit they did. But a part of that was they announced a Rugrats reboot, like a CGI reboot with um, the original writing staff and the original voice actors all coming back. So I watched the trailer for it and it made me very like uncomfortable physically. Um, and so I, I thought to myself, what about this makes me feel so weird? Um, so I decided I'd watch more 90s cartoons and to see if it elicited the same emotion. And I think I figured it out. I think I diagnosed the problem by watching Rocket Power. You're, you're probably a little too old for Rocket Power. Joseph, did you watch Rocket Power? You know, I don't know what you're about to get into. Uh, but I stopped watching Rocket Power because the animation style really bothered me. <laughs> okay, so for some reason, it feel, well, the cartoons in the 90s, the only word I could think to describe it is grungy or yeah. like grimy. Um, right. There was just a general level of dirt uh, or it, they were the pig pen of cartoons. Right. <laughs> and it was like all of them were that way. And I'm not entirely sure why, but the only reason why I, I it, what really pushed me over the edge for this trailer was I don't need to see that same grime in three dimensions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. That made it significantly worse and much grosser. Like the Rugrats house by itself already kind of looked like there was just a general essence of slime everywhere. <laughs> right. But seeing it on like three dimensional shag carpet with CG animated babies. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it gave me stomach cramps. That's I, it. I don't remember. I want to say it was a Maya Angelou quote, but I hope I don't fuck that up. <laughs> God, I, I, I don't even know what it is, but the fact that you're connecting Rugrats to a Maya Angelou. <laughs> I think it's a Maya Angelou quote, is that uh, people won't remember what you say. People won't remember what you do. People will only remember the way that you made them feel. Uh, I don't remember a single fucking second of Rugrats. The only thing that I remember deep in my like gut, in my heart of hearts, is that I fucking hate Tommy Pickles, and I don't know why. I don't. I don't have any specific rationale. I You're anti-Semitic. I oh Jesus Christ! I, oh yeah. I just I just know that I hate Tommy Pickles, and so I I can't endorse anything about the Rugrats. Um, main thing I remember about Rugrats is just that uh, is the trailer for the first movie when there's a part like 
in about the first third of it where it's just a close up on one of their face just saying poopy and, <laughs> and, you know, kid, and, and kids would go nuts for that shit so I mean you know they knew their audience that's what I remember about Rugrats I, I actually the part of the most interesting in is the is the grimy aspect of 90s cartoons what do you mean like in the content or in the overall look in the over I mean kind of both but mostly in the look like there was just this Rocco's modern life. Who wants to right. live in the world that Rocco lives in? Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. I can get on board with that. Well, particularly those Nicktoons have that sort of. Yeah, it was kind of upsetting. It was kind of like the it, it was kind of like Mad Magazine before you were old enough for it. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, yeah, yeah. you encountered Mad Magazine at too young of an age. It was kind of dangerous. Uh yeah, it's kind of that. I can see what you're talking about. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't really uh, watch anything this week. Uh, uh, you know, I learned a new cuss word from uh, a child. Go. Oh, no, cool. Pokemon Go from a children's game. Uh, cool. You know, um, uh, shortest way I can get to this. Um, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I'm very, uh, I, I'm very meticulous about how I organize my Pokemon since they're in rows of three. I always either keep either three or divisible of three. Uh, but, uh, when you, uh, you know, when, if I get a new Pokemon and don't have two more, I keep spares down at the bottom that I just named ZZ and then I'll change them to a name right after this name to keep the three line going. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I know this sounds like I was potty trained at gunpoint, but it, I, I was <laughs> no, I guess uh, I'm with you. Uh, uh, so anyways, uh, you know, the, I, I evolved the character and I forget the character's name, but the first four letters of it was Q U I L. So I named spacers Q U I M. And that's a cuss word. Huh? Did you know that Q U I M is a cuss word? I did not. It's a, it's, it's a derogatory term for vagina or a woman. I didn't know that. And I learned huh. that from Pokemon go. All right. Wouldn't let me name it. Yeah. Q U I M. That's, that's what you're going to get now that I've turned against shows. Fabulous. <laughs> Uh, you know, I was I was just talking about this the other day, but like the the weird neurotic shit that I, I assume that everybody comes up with, but I know I come up with when I'm I'm I do I I create my own habit without societal influence, like <laughs> nobody else knows that I do it. Uh, is <laughs> I don't realize how bonkers it is until somebody else comes in and is like, "Why do you do it this way?" It's like I, I don't know. I just I, I have to. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> I mean, obviously, like, that's what. <laughs> that, that, that's, uh, let, let me ask you this. I ask you both of this: uh, a series of books on the shelf, say Harry Potter, the seven Harry Potter books. How would you? How w- would they go from right to left or left to right? Right Let, to left. Well, hang in on. Order. Yeah, like one one to seven, left to right. No, to yeah, left to right. Yeah, the same way. <laughs> I knew a dude who did right to left reverse order because if you took them all out and turned them around, that's how you'd read them. Now that's a serial killer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) That's pretty fabulous. I I, I just want to take a stab in the dark here and see if I can guess the Pokemon. Did you evolve a Cyndaquil into a Quillava? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Good. I think Good. that I think that is it. Yeah. This is this is quality content, guys, for yeah. somebody. 
I've started <laughs> playing Pokemon with my five year old. So oh, it's it's been there's been a lot of it for me lately. Awesome. Uh, well, the only thing I wanted to talk about is something that I've talked about on the show a lot and I will never stop talking about, uh, which is Critical Role. God, this week's was stressful. Which has been on, I think, a real role lately. It was a real fun culmination uh, to see one of one of the characters, one of our main characters, player characters in the show, Caleb, uh, one of his like central tenets of his personality uh, was that he was involved in this organization of very powerful people, a very powerful person that commanded a, a bunch of very powerful people. Uh, he escaped and has been living and hiding ever since. And much of his personality has been uh, being afraid that if he uh, was, was too careless and accidentally revealed himself or exposed himself too much, that uh, this person and all of the people who that person has power over will come and crush him and torture him and every person that he's ever met. Which I, again has been like it's a central part of his personality, which we didn't learn until like kind of later as we you know get the backstories of these characters, uh, and then even as we went on further than that, we as the audience and I think all the players involved were kind of like, oh well, it hasn't happened yet. We seem to be doing a good job. That maybe they're not that interested anymore. To, but we were wrong to see that to see that culminate in uh, in a single episode. Uh, of of all of that character's fears coming to coming to reality was pretty fabulous. I mean, it was super stressful as I mean, I think as the players, but definitely also as a as a viewer. But I think one of the things that made it really interesting, and I mean, is one of the good things about Critical Role that they do really well is I think for D and D, there's there's a a I don't it's it's kind of a derogatory term for kind of this unrooted like character party called murder hobos where you just hop around from town to town you solve problems most of the time by murdering people sometimes they're good guys maybe they're not sometimes they're just inconvenient people and then you hop to the next town and there's not really any consequences like maybe there are police but also maybe there aren't uh you're just you're murder hobos and so one of the things that uh critical role has done really well to kind of enrich this world and make it feel more I don't know, more grounded, more rooted in something is they've introduced a lot of these non-playable characters that, you know, are, are, are you know, the invention of, of Matt, the dungeon master uh, that are like family members and all these kind of stuff. And we spent a lot of time with these characters uh, and the players have spent a lot of time with these characters and they're like, you know, functionally as, as real of, of people and as characters as our player characters at this point and are, are very attached to them. Uh, and to see them and that relationship weaponized against them as kind of the <laughs> the direct consequence of of kind of the murder hobo mentality that they you know they made a very bold irrational choice and it had dramatic consequences was fabulous everything was about it was great yeah i know i know it's super imposing to uh to to start on critical role for anybody who's listened to this and is like holy shit each one's four hours long yeah i'm sorry but it really is great it's great storytelling yeah, it's fantastic. This week's was one of the most stressful, I think, in a long time. Agreed. I, I did want to ask you a question. I feel like at this point, it's inevitable that Lucian will succeed. I feel like they there is almost no time. I don't know, but I'm curious to hear if you think this. I think Matt is basically setting up a timeline to where the Lucian and the Sumnovum or whatever is the end game of this campaign. And is essentially what 
the chroma conclave was uh to the first campaign as in like the thing before the big thing well as in the like the big you know 40 plus episode all leading to this because i mean lucian was from the very beginning at you know the yeah i i I don't i don't think this is quite it i think there's a little bit more i think a fair part of it is going to be about like the the origin of dunamancy and where it came from which may come out of this i don't know i definitely think matt is setting up a direct conflict of you can go do the lucian thing or you can save caduceus's family which we'll see how that goes because Talison does not seem overly concerned about it and i feel like he should be he definitely seems like he thinks his shit is done yeah and as does vet yeah 100 percent I know we might we might be getting another character switch. We'll see what happens. I hope Sam does it. I hope Sam does it in every fucking campaign at this I, point. I agree. It's fabulous. Uh, but yeah, you know, critical role. Everybody, everybody should do it. It's fabulous. Next week. Oh shit! This week's fucking Justice League, isn't it? I don't think so. I think. Well, fuck. Is it? No, it's. It comes no. out like the. What day does it come out? I think it's a week from tomorrow. I think it's the fourteenth. Yeah. So. so oh. Sunday. Oh shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, we should we'll find out. We'll verify. Yeah. But if it is, we gotta do that. We do we have do to do Snyder it. Cut. Well, yep. for, for those of you who've been waiting for us to do, do the Snyder cut. Oh I guess this it is may, what you wanted. It may be next week, but yeah. Zack Snyder never stopped to think about if he should do something. Yeah, hundred percent, right? Yeah, let's get into that. <laughs> shit. Anyway, that's the podcast for the week. Thank you guys for listening. Uh again, if you want to tell us what you thought about WandaVision. Uh, please let us know. Uh, reach us at realphonies.gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at realphonies and on Instagram at real underscore phonies. Thanks to Zach Evans for art and Brian Velasquez for our theme. We'll see you guys later. Later. Later.